Welcome to episode 101 of the Microsoft Cloud IT Pro Podcast, recorded live from Microsoft Ignite 2018. This is a show about Office 365, Azure, and the IT Pro and end user side of life, where we discuss a topic or recent news related to Office 365 for Azure and how it relates to you as an IT Pro. In this episode, Scott interviews Jason Himmelstein about all the hidden gems he found exciting from the Office 365 keynotes and sessions at Microsoft Ignite. Scott Hogue, back at the Microsoft Ignite conference for podcast number 348. <laughs> man, well, I was hoping to get in for 342. Yeah. I yeah. Missed, the, missed the mark, man. But we have our nice raspy three-day voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're working on it now. So I have Jason Himmelstein with me. He's from Rackspace, was kind enough to come and sit down and talk about a bunch of random things. Jason, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick, tell folks what you do, maybe a little bit about where they can find you and some of what you got going on. Thanks for having me, man. It's been, uh, I've been a longtime listener, infrequent caller. Sorry, man, I, I should call you more. As you said, my name is Jason Himmelstein. I am the Technical Strategy and Strategic Partnership Director at Rackspace, specifically in the, uh, the RAS organization. That is our Rackspace Application Services Division focused on these days I, I spend a lot of time in the Microsoft space because that's where my passion lives but uh, starting to branch out a little bit beyond that and we have a bunch of other services that we offer inside of the RAS platform specifically you know we're doing databases as a service we're doing ERP we're doing all sorts of neat stuff there's a, a data play coming soon which <laughs> is near and dear to my heart because in You're addition a little bit of a BI guy I am a little bit of a BI guy I'm an office apps and services MVP these days because they just changed their name yet again. And I've been a SharePoint MVP. I've been an Office 365 MVP. I've been all sorts of things. But uh, I spend most of my free time focused on Power BI these days. And I do a a little podcast uh, with a big guy, John White. It's the Bifocal Show focused on business intelligence. And we've done five or six shows here and we may be doing another one Tomorrow, another live show. We'll see. But it's been a crazy week so far. I've seen you twice the entire week. (laughs) It's been very interesting, kind of hopping back and forth and in and out of various technologies as everything ramps up. When it comes to email, Outlook and Office 365 are fantastic. But sometimes there are things you'd like to do that aren't implemented. Sperry Software creates Outlook add-ins and Office 365 services that fill in these gaps. For instance, there are Outlook add-ins to automatically print emails and or attachments, save emails to PDF, send out recurring emails, or how about a warning when you're going to do a reply to all instead of a normal reply? Find these and many more email productivity solutions. Get started today by visiting www.sperrysoftware.com slash cloud IT. So being that you're in the SharePoint and Office services kind of space, we were talking a little bit about the keynotes before we hit the record button. And you mentioned a couple things that were really nice to see that had come out. Why don't we run those down? Because I think some of it even I missed just going back and watching the streams. So I got to be there in person. Jeff's keynote is always a highlight for me because he brings so much energy to the stage and he brings awesome people to come and demo. And so he comes and he lays down a a vision conversation around each of the demo spheres. And, you know, there's a lot of neat stuff that they're doing. 
that's, you know, hey, this big shiny thing here and all, you know, Microsoft search this. It's really nice. Yammer web part that. But the things that got me were, like you said, they were the little things. The drag and drop column. That was huge. Something I've been waiting for. Not having to, having to go in and alter the, the columns, you know, through the site settings and all that. <laughs> like, just those little things. Yeah, and it's not just resize the columns. It's no. dra- dra- drag and drop them. So it just kind of shows up and lights up one day. We're, we're moving at the speed of the cloud. It's just one of those things. That I hadn't seen that before. You know, through all of the stuff that I get to see, you know, being a partner, being an insider, being MVP, all of that. I hadn't seen that one before. And, and they just... Like, yeah, now we can do this. And there's a big applause, and people are like, oh, yeah, that's a big deal. You know, it's very funny. It's always the little things. It's interesting, and I've heard you mention it a couple times while we've been here. What are the things that customers are interested in? Absolutely. And and we talked about it a lot back at SharePoint Conference, kind of talking with with the product teams and and marketing. You know, they view some things as the year of the list. Mm -hmm. It's super basic. But it makes total sense because what do people actually use? So it's nice to have the shiny things, but realistically, something like unified search in Bing, if your admin hasn't turned it on and you don't send them a blog post and they don't consume it or figure out how to, or they don't want to do it, yeah. you might never see that. But everybody is going to see a list in a library and have those types of interactions. So those are the nice kind of impactful things. Yeah, for me, the other one that was, there were two that were impactful. One was seeing the column formatting not having to be an edited JSON file anymore. Yeah, like, right a, a little at, bit of a designer. Imagine that. We, holy we cow. Declarative design with and a UI. I, I've been waiting for it, and it, it was quick and easy. And then I guess there were three things, because the next one that happened was as they were editing the list. Other people are editing the list, and it's dynamically changing. Yep. And the last one for me, that it was one of those things that I just, it, it was an ooh kind of moment. You know, it went from, we're doing these things with lists, but then they got to the thing with the watermarking and the with an a, changing an AIP label, and all of a sudden the document changed dynamically. Yep. It applied everything, it applied a footer, a header, watermark to it, it changed the classification to it. And the fact that now when you did that, you can change the privacy of something, it instantly revoked access for people who shouldn't have access. Mic drop. Boom, that's the stuff that we look at and go, how has that not always been there? Because competitors have that stuff, and it should be there. Like, And Microsoft, instead of focusing on, I need these big bang things, they're focused on the fit and finish right now and bring these things to us that we've needed and we've been asking for. But it was, it was all, and I made this comment, I was like, for me, they were celebrate moments. And it was just the, oh yeah, we did that and move on. But man, those were big moments for me. Those are things that I have dozens of customers who've asked me for. And the other thing, I got called out on this by Tom Reising on Twitter because I I posted a blog post, which I rarely ever do anymore. (laughs) But the experience of scheduling for the conference was... It was unwieldy. Suboptimal is the (laughs) nicest way I've been able to put it. I don't want to have to have anybody bleep anything, so I'm going to leave it at suboptimal. So I actually had to blog post. I wrote a blog post because it took me like nine hours to do my schedule to try and get it to where it's consumable in multiple fashions. Yeah, I I read your post and then I sent you a message and, and said... 
can I just copy yours once you're done? Because <laughs> um, yes. it'll, be, it'll be easier for yeah. me to, <laughs> to Which, to which I sent out. out. And so I posted what my schedule was on, you know, what, what I had my boiled down schedule down to on my blog post. And Tom Reason called me out and he said, well, it looks like you're doing a lot of Power BI, obviously, and OneDrive. And something that has happened recently for me with my customers is customers are looking at it and saying, I want the building block of SharePoint. I'm not ready for sh to do SharePoint. Mm -hmm. I, I like all of the things. They all look great, but my users aren't ready to go there yet. Can't you just give me Explorer view? And now with sync capabilities, because we're using the OneDrive sync agent, I can give you that capability. Absolutely, we can go off and do that. Let's train your users on that. And there's all sorts of new features that are coming to OneDrive that Stephen Rose highlighted in his sessions. Really great stuff. But the building block behind the SharePoint stuff, the SharePoint list stuff is awesome. They're now making it so that those users of mine who they're like, oh, just give me sync. Now I can show them something really cool in SharePoint that is low-hanging fruit. It is simple. It's easy. It's elegant. It's really nice experience for them. It makes that transition easier and better. And because they're not focused on, well, let's try and do every single thing inside of SharePoint. Yeah, let's not boil the ocean to turn these on. Yeah. You know, I always call them kind of consumables, yeah. right? So we can focus a little bit more on the end user side of life and choose exactly what's going to be presented to them. And the nice Pull thing for me right is... Thing for the right reason. Yeah, you talk about like AIP labels and yes, some of that stuff gated behind licensing and entitlements and everything else, but quite often it's hard for even admins to figure out how to consume those services. Yep. So looking at experiences that enable administrators to turn that stuff on and then, oh, by the way, it's actually usable by, by our users. Or uh, you know, One of the nice things in there was seeing kind of unified code bases across things like Office. So now all of a sudden Office for Mac lights up and it has capabilities that are semi-equivalent to what's sitting in C to R on Windows now. So now we can do classifications and actually apply labels, you know, through like Word or Excel or things like that. It's like, and again, back to like, why wasn't it there? It yeah. should have been there and, and drive it through and just make it easier on kind of every side to consume the service and build it out. I'm, I'm a big fan of some of the services. Like OneDrive's a no-brainer, right? I, yeah. I can't give every user in my on-premises environment five terabytes of space. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So I got to light that up and let's do known folder redirection and, and, and some of the other Huge. niceties. And again, you've got to go in on the admin side and configure that, or hopefully you do and light it up the right way. So it's yeah. a nice, smooth onboarding experience. But then it just becomes a nice thing for your, for your users. Go out, train them, get them onboarded, get them used to it. It's been masked away over the years for the underlying workloads, but OneDrive is still just SharePoint. SharePoint's still just SharePoint file storage and Teams and Yammer and every other workload, you know, still just SharePoint, <laughs> sitting there cranking away in the background. The stuff that is impressive to me is because we're, we're close enough to the product that we get to see some of the little bits of behind the scenes, understanding just how complex these little fit and finish things. I keep referring to it. The things that they're doing well, you may look at it and think, oh, well, why wasn't that there? It's nothing short of magic in some of the cases that they're doing. <laughs> because of the, the speed with which the things that they're doing are, are going now, some of the things that they were showing on stage yesterday, Christian Wade and the Power BI side of things, talking about the aggregations feature in Power BI, where they're looking at, I believe that it was uh, a terabyte of data and 
how fast they're able to actually interact with it, doing direct query with it, doing all yep. of these things on layered on top. You know, there are multiple models coming in. They're defying the laws of physics with some of the speeds that they're getting in returning the data. It's absolutely amazing. I think some of that stuff's interesting. So on the data side, they often kind of take what they consume internally yep. and the massive chunks that they have to deal with there and then turn it out. So I have to stop you. I said a terabyte. It was a trillion rows. A trillion sorry, rows. I had the transposed in my head. I think it was... Bits, bytes, rows. Yeah, it's all the same. A trillion rows, but a trillion rows of data that they're slicing in some second. It just amazing. Sorry, keep yeah. going. No, I just wanted uh, to make sure I corrected it for your yeah, audience. No, I, don't, I don't know if you saw any of the Azure announcements and, and that they ran through, but like one of the ones there was Data Explorer. And ultimately, it's exposing things like Kusto and, and KQL, which they've been using on the back end for years yep. to extract telemetry from the Azure platform. So you think about all these massive data centers that are running Office 365 workloads and Azure workloads and consumer workloads like Bing and you know Outlook.com and all those kinds of things and sub-millisecond you know, query exabytes of data. And now as consumers of the platform, we have access to that. You just click a couple buttons, you're like, yes, 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 I would like a data explorer resource. Mover is a cloud migration company that specializes in moving your company's files from file servers or cloud storage like Box, Dropbox, and Google into Office 365. Their patented technology makes Mover the fastest OneDrive file migrator in the world. Moving dozens of terabytes of data a day is a breeze. Use Mover's free, industry-leading migration guides, or ask for a managed migration and they'll take the lead. With Mover, all your data is secure and intact. Running completely behind the scenes, you don't lose time, money, or hair while you transfer. Scan, plan, migrate, report. Migrations that don't suck with Mover. Visit mover.io for more info. The data explorer stuff, it, it's really interesting to see what they can do and how they can take internal services and just iterate and churn them out over time. And it's hard to pick up on all the announcements and various things that are going on out there. You know, it's, you're browsing through the firehose that is Twitter and, oh, look, there's a screenshot of Flow and I can run a power query inside of Flow now. When did, when did that... Uh, must have been yesterday, and I missed yep. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that, that happened. Uh, they they announced that yesterday. So that's, yeah, that, that's been coming for a little while. It's very exciting being able to use Power Query, you know, as a part of a Microsoft Flow. Very exciting stuff. But the thing that was really interesting. So we had the great honor of getting to interview both the CTO and GM of the business intelligence side of Microsoft. We got to talk to Amir and Arun over the past couple of days. And the thing that kept coming up with them was the fact that Microsoft has shifted culturally from being a company that was driven partly by politics, partly by gut feel, and you know, we're going to do this thing, and then three years later, we're going to put it out there yep. and hope, see, see what happens. Yeah, the, to being truly a data-driven company. They look at the telemetry, they look at the metrics, and they make decisions based upon that, and it has drastically improved. We're feeling it, we see it, the employees are seeing it, they made the comment that people, instead of doing PowerPoint decks, they walk, you know, when you walk through the buildings at Microsoft, frequently you see Power BI on the screen instead of PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And that's how people are consuming the data. That's how they're proposing things is instead of coming in and going, this is the, the 
the thing I think we should do. It's based upon our data. Here's our data. This is what we should do. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. And it's bleeding down into our world and being able to be driven that way, which is really cool. Some of the fuzzy logic stuff they showed yesterday. Like what? Oh, you're going to have to go watch the Just demo because I can't quite describe being able to, to examine data that is not exactly aligned but to be able to catch those outliers and be able to say, we think that you mean this, and be able to go in and then actually edit that stuff too if it's wrong. Fantastic. Inside the data modeling side oh, of things. Oh, that's really cool. Being able to go in and when you're creating a data model, be able to go in and apply fuzzy logic and be able to have like synonyming type of functionality mm -hmm. where we think that you mean this when you have when you're pulling in disparate data sets and somebody misspells a Himmelstein like name three different ways where they spell it S T E I N yep. S T I E N and S T I N E like when you're looking at absolute data you're not going to see all the right stuff but if you have fuzzy, they have fuzzy logic applied they're going to be able to look at that look at three or four or five or eight different pieces of data and go we can almost authoritatively, with a thousand percent certainty, be able to say that this is the same as this because we have these other data points. Really cool stuff. Yeah, it's the nice thing about being able to leverage those other investments in things like cognitive services and Lewis. And yes, we have an NLP engine and we can do stemming <laughs> and push that back and then surface it for users on, on the other side. And things like that are really cool because some of those experiences have been disjointed today, you know, where I can go in and a query has to be a query. Yeah. Or I can go someplace in like Power BI and ask a question. Yes. But I can't do them in, in, the, in the same place and the same experience. And things like Kusto are the same kind of way, right? Let, let's start at a very high level and start with a very open-ended search and then be able to distill down from there so that we can kind of operationalize, understand context, and then maybe have open context around a bunch of it. Yeah. I'm going to start dancing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a really nice lady who's going around doing all sorts of cleaning here and has her her phone just playing music. So <laughs> I may have to get up and dance on the table here in a minute because some of this stuff is really, really exciting stuff that we're looking at. The AI with data side of things, some of the some of the analytics stuff that they were showing yesterday that we hadn't seen before, which the best wording I got out of the team yesterday when I was talking with Arun was the green line thing. There's a green line thing. When you click on the green line, it tells you what level of certainty you are with your data and things like that. So really just fun, fascinating stuff that they're doing. The predictability, the, the analytics side of the world is going more towards the AI trying to help you understand and predict what's coming. And they're trying to make it simpler so you don't have to be a rocket scientist like <laughs> Naomi Moneypenny in order to be able to do this. You can be so a, for people like you and I, correct, a, a, a non-scientist type of person. So I think that it's very cool where we're heading. I got an opportunity while I was here also to dip back in and give a PowerShell talk, which is always fun. And the thing that I found interesting was that uh, I was doing an intro to PowerShell. It was a... So you taught everybody splatting. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, dot sourcing. You used to like to tell me I needed to teach more <laughs> dot sourcing. I didn't even get to teach dot sourcing. It was a 20-minute theater session, they, like sub-101 level. Yep. It was a lot of fun just to get to see people come out and, and get jazzed up about these things and be able to want to talk. No, you're good. Have a seat. Relax. Yeah. But the thing that got me was there were 1,500 people registered for a 50-seat theater session. Well, that's because of people like me. I registered for just 30 things in every time slot, and we're on day three. You haven't made honest, it to one yet, have I haven't yeah. been to a session yet. No. I've watched a bunch on this really cool wall behind us. Now, the thing <laughs> that got me wasn't that there were so many people registered, because, well... 
that's cool that people registered for the session. They turned out. Every seat was filled. Every spot of carpet was filled. They did the count and they said it was over 350 so people. So no pressure. No. For 20 <laughs> minutes worth of, uh, of session that usually I did in an hour and 15 minutes with demos, people came, people stayed. And the fact that people are interested in PowerShell at that level that haven't been before. And I asked how many people have never seen PowerShell before. None of them raised their hands, but they were still there for a one-on-one session. Yeah. People are trying to come on board with it. And I think part of it is now the cloud shell stuff. Now that it's starting to become you know, easier, it's, hey, it's right there in Azure. And the cloud shell's there, and you can run PowerShell in cloud shell. <laughs> Very cool stuff. And they're starting to hear about it because PowerShell, well, it's the... the it's just like command, right? Oh, no. A little, now, a little bit more. Yeah. Now, so now they're starting to see it in Cloud Shell, and Cloud Shell is front and center, and it's right there in the in the console for you to see. So Yeah, no, tooling like that's really cool, and I always love just little tricks there. So Cloud Shell's nifty, and yeah, we can do Bash and PowerShell. Have you ever tried, you know, you just go to shell.azure.com, and then you've got a shell. Yeah. You don't even have to go to the portal. Or... Uh, one of my favorite things is integrating Cloud Shell directly into like VS Code. Yeah. And then you can literally write your PowerShell or Bash or whatever it is. Just make sure, you know, Unix line endings are a thing. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and run those files through and you can literally, you know, just command I and boom, that sucker runs in your Cloud Shell and spins things up and does what it needs to. What is it in like normal people computing? Because that was a Mac reference you did there. Uh, it's like Control-I or something, uh, something like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but you can do, I, I think one of the interesting things there is it's not just PowerShell that you can consume up there. I took mine and uh, I, th I think Ben and I talked about this a little while ago on a past episode, but I took mine and installed all the tooling for Office 365 CLI. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff Waldeck's been, been doing kind of as an open source project. Oh, so yeah. It's just a big NPM kind of workload. So, you know, NPM install and run it through. You can install all that in the cloud shell and just have it on the go. So now from my phone or my iPad or whatever weird random Surface Hub device I'm walking up to around the conference, you can go ahead and, and, and run that stuff. Again, super consumable if you're into the tech and, and understand where it is. Yeah, it's very very, very cool stuff, man. I'm I'm geeked by the stuff that I haven't gotten to see yet because I just keep hearing the little drop-ins around the conference because I just walk past and have conversations with people with very different interests than mine. <laughs> now, you've gone off and spent a lot of time in other spaces, and it's one of the things I love about coming together with the community, and not just the SharePoint community, but the, the larger Microsoft community as a whole. It's getting to hear about all the different stuff because there's so many announcements that happen in the Azure space I haven't even gotten to come close to hearing about. That's why I love listening to shows like yours and you know AC and CJ and stuff like that. That's why I enjoy doing our podcasts and I hear from people that you know we turn these things around and make it something that gets boiled down a little bit differently. Yep. We give our opinions on stuff. And it's definitely something I've enjoyed getting to hear, you know. From I, was, you and I always love the extra context. You know, one of the things we decided to do this week, and we've recorded a couple of them actually, was we wanted to sit down with people who we hadn't interacted with before. So we found a couple of folks who were just regular attendees. Tell us what you're doing in the real world with this technology, because quite often it's one thing to talk about consuming a workload or how to do it, but it's more the you know, the doc-driven side of here's what it is, here's the licensing for it, here's how it goes. And sometimes you miss the context for this is how it's used in the real world. Like you said, you go to your customers and they say, when's it going to do this? 
maybe never. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we don't know, but those are the really kind of powerful moments that drive it. So it's been a blast to sit here this week and be able to get that feedback and just the different take and, and context on those kinds of things. Very cool, man. Hi, I'm Steve Peshka, and I'm one of the founders at Office365Mon.com. I worked at Microsoft for over 18 years, and one of the most common questions I got is, how do I know what's going on with the health of my Office 365 tenant? When there's a problem with your tenant, you need to know what's going on before your users. We help you understand not only when your tenant goes down, but how well it's performing. When you do have a problem, where do you start looking? Is it your network? Is it your tenant? Is it some feature inside of Office 365? Our network analysis features can pinpoint performance issues and help you figure out where those bottlenecks are. Sign up for a free 90-day trial today at office365mon.com. Stay in the know and stay in control with office365mon.com. I don't know. I may try and go see a session or something today. All right. Well, you, how about you? I'm going to be glued to this table recording more and working <laughs> on my raspy voice. So, but I very much appreciate the time today. Where can people find you on the internet? You know, you're on Twitter, all those good kinds of things. Yeah. So you can find me at, at Jace Him, J A S E H I M M. I changed my super long Twitter handle about two years ago, finally. Makes it way easier for yeah, people. Yeah, like it's me. a little bit easier. <laughs> my infrequent blog at SharePointLonghorn.com. And, uh, you can find us at bifocal.show, www.bifocal.show, B-I-F-O-C-A-L.show. I love that URL. I do too. It's a, <laughs> it's a fun one. And we are we have one more session to do here at the conference. We're doing a Power BI meetup later in the week. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting back. And we have a Facebook group you know, uh, page as well. You can find us at Bifocal Show there. But thank you very much for having me. This has been a blast getting to spend some time and just geek out. We, we always do that and we forget to turn on a microphone when we do. <laughs> So yeah, this has been no, good. no, it's 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 very good, and I'll make sure that we have links in the show notes for everybody so they can get to those resources. And uh, well, you yeah. can find us at rackspace.com as well. Yeah, 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 uh, and, yeah, yeah. All, and all and all you're that You're supposed to pitch yourself stuff. now. I did, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we should let Ben talk. Man, he's been sitting here looking all sad the entire time. You should bring more mics. I think that's what it is. Yep. Ben, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks, Ben. If you enjoyed the podcast, go leave us a five-star rating in iTunes. It helps to get the word out so more IT pros can learn about Office 365 and Azure. If you have any questions you want us to address on the show or feedback about the show, feel free to reach out via our website, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.